the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Holy smokes, hold on to your hats. a lot going on. Weather-wise, it's dicey here in the city of Pittsburgh. Super rainy. Uh, We're looking out the window here at Seven Parkway Center. The rain's like going sideways. (laughs) You know there's trouble whenever it rains sideways. And, of course, roads are closed as well, I believe. Uh, Kamala Harris. Vice President, has she exited the city? Well, I don't know. All I heard, and I wasn't sure. I knew she was going to be in the south side this afternoon. Right. Wasn't sure what she was going to be speaking about and only knew that she was bringing the former Boston mayor with her. Okay. So my, my understanding of the uh, visit is, is sketchy at best. We have a stronger hold on the rain <laughs> than we do the <laughs> vice presidential visit. There really wasn't a lot of information released about it. No. I was like, what is this, some like super secret thing? Come no. on. Uh, yeah. She's the VP. Anyway, between road closures, which, you know, that was I was coming in uh, earlier the, the, this afternoon, and uh, there was road closures on the south side, and now with the rain. So just be careful out there. Holy smokes, yeah. Yeah, and it's gonna. We're gonna be have a forty degree uh, temperature swing. I like it. A four, you like a forty degree temperature it's swing. It's weird. Who doesn't like weird weather? That I don't like weird weather. Why? Because it's like a you 40, can control anything. I'm not saying I want to control it. I'm you saying I don't like it. I just know it, forty. De- I mean, it was so hot this morning. It was really, really humid, hot, and everything. And tonight I'm gonna be like cold. That's all right. Close the windows, put a little blanket on. It's climate change, Feels I very guess. good. Is right. that climate change, John? I guess it is. I guess every weather event now would go under the heading of climate change. Would yeah, you not, I right? I guess so. Just where we live. Okay, such is life. So as we always do, we get underway with the show. Kath gives us the top news stories of the day. What's happening on a Monday afternoon? Kath, please give us the top four at four. For Monday, June 21st, 2021. Number one. We talked last week, John, about the Southern Baptist Convention, the gathering of the largest Protestant denomination in America and the like warring factions, you Mm -hmm. know, as they were trying to sort out their stuff. Well, today news comes that the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops held its annual Spring General Assembly last week. And though several items were discussed, only one is generating headlines, the meaning of the Eucharist in the life of the church. Roman Catholics, of course, believe that bread and wine are consecrated and literally become the body and blood of Jesus in a mass. But public polling indicates that fewer and fewer Catholics in the U.S. either realize that that's what the church teaches, like people don't even get that that's what they're, or believe that that's what's actually happening during communion. And how do they deal with prominent figures who publicly dispute church teaching? Enter Joe Biden, the second Catholic in history to win the U.S. presidency and perhaps the staunchest advocate for abortion rights ever to occupy the Oval Office. Asked over the weekend if his local bishop would prevent him from receiving communion because of his abortion stance, the president seemed unfazed. He said, quote, that's a private matter, and I don't think that's going to happen. Good. I agree. Don't weaponize communion. Number two. 
The Wall Street Journal reports that the Supreme Court, in a unanimous opinion by Justice Neil Gorsuch, upheld lower court rulings that said the NCAA unlawfully limited schools from competing for player talent by offering better benefits to the detriment of college athletes. Now, this decision, don't go crazy, doesn't open up all this unlimited pay for college athletes, but... The justices said that the NCAA must allow colleges to recruit athletes by offering them additional compensation, maybe some benefits, as long as they're tied to their education. That means schools could offer compensation beyond the cost of attending college, maybe a scholarship for grad school or vocational school, maybe an internship, maybe some computer equipment, you know, and limited cash awards for athletes who do well in the classroom. I like it. Number three, President Joe Biden bringing back, what, do you know? presidential portrait unveilings i mean haven't we all missed those i love it i don't know if i do it's kind of weird but okay according to usa today biden will host a white house ceremony to unveil former president barack obama and former first lady michelle's official portraits later this year i thought that was already done okay so those portraits the ones that we have in our minds um, are in the national portrait gallery but they're not the ones that actually hang in the white house Okay. Now, former President Donald Trump did not participate in the White House unveiling of Obama's portrait while in office. He's also not expected to participate in a White House ceremony with Biden either, but he is working on his official portrait, though, according to NBC News. And number four, Allison Felix. Do you know that name? I do not. <clears throat> she made her fifth Olympic team. And first as a mother yesterday, following a dramatic second-place finish in the 400 meters at the U.S. Track and Field Olympic Trials in Eugene, Oregon. Get ready for this. ESPN details that the 35-year-old Felix made her Olympic debut in 2004. She says this will be her final games. She has won nine Olympic medals, including six gold medals over her career, and is one of the most decorated athletes in the history of the sport. And, oh, keep this in mind. Allison Felix gave birth to her daughter, Cameron, via emergency C-section at only 32 weeks back in 2018. Cameron spent a month in a neonatal intensive care unit, and Felix has spoken openly about the difficulties in her recovery and return to training. But Cameron, who's now two years old, has been seen cheering on her mom during the trials, and she joined mom on the track after the race on Sunday. And one more thing. In her semifinal heat, Allison Felix ran three lanes over from Talitha Diggs, an 18-year-old Florida freshman who was born only two years before Felix won her first gold medal. And she's how old? uh, What, Allison Felix? Yeah, Allison Felix is 35. Obviously, Felix said... I'm a lot older than everyone. Holy, if you got to be super fast, if you're beating an 18 year old and you're 35, that's your top four. Four. That's fabulous. That's yeah, super, she came super in cool. Wow. Allison Felix came in second. Did you know the name? I, mean, I, d- I remembered her from the last time. I do not. Yeah, I bet if you saw her face, you'd remember that's her. Really, impressive. you know, how, you, you know, the Olympic, the Olympians are huge stars during the Olympics. Yeah, and, and then, then they fade away. Then they fade most, away. Most do. Right, you kind of forget the names. Right. Anyway, well, when you see her, you'll remember. And seeing her little girl on the track with her afterwards was really fabulous. I love it. That's a great story. Okay, good. I'm looking forward to the Olympics. We'll talk about that. We got a couple. There's of a lot stories. of Olympic stories out in the news today, right? Yeah. Um, as we always do, we get underway. Uh, we're talking about the the nation's capital and things that are going on in and around. We're going to talk next uh, with this uh, guest from Alliance Defending Freedom. Oh, and if you're expecting to hear Greg Clugston. Not with us. Normally in this slot. He's not with us. He's on vacay. No, we're going to talk Supreme Court, the surprises of what happened last week. And there were surprises in the Supreme Court. There were, but I can't believe Greg won't talk to us on vacation. No, he's he's elsewhere. He's selfish. 
take a quick break. Back in just a few Supreme Court updates next. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk here on Word FM. One hundred one point five WORD. Christians are in a battle with an unseen yet very real enemy. And though we're on the winning side, make no mistake, Satan is out to destroy. How can we stand firm in our faith and guard against his attacks? Listen this week on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. Well, by now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, MyPillow is offering the premium MyPillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98. They are regularly $69.98. It's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Or right now, MyPillow dot com mypillow.com excuse me why don't you have life insurance yet i've got diabetes and i know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition well actually selectquo makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance even if you have a health issue i'm listening you'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers even with your diabetes you can get around two hundred fifty thousand dollars in insurance for as little as a dollar a day That would be amazing. (laughs) What's it called again? Select Quote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010 or selectquote.com. Select Quote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors not available in all states. Did you know that most adults with autism are unemployed and a major hurdle is the lack of job opportunities? That's why Autism Speaks is teaming up with Lee Container, the Jay Donald and Laurel Lee Family Foundation Fund, and delivering jobs to create a more inclusive workforce in the U.S. Are you an HR professional, community leader, or business owner? Join us in creating a workforce where people of all abilities can contribute and thrive. To learn more, visit autismspeaks.org slash employment. Well, if you're a Supreme Court watcher, you had to be surprised last week. I mean, there was a, it was a very odd, interesting week. Well, Jake Warner is back with us. Jake is legal counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom. Here to talk to us about the Jack Phillips case and other things that happened as well. And uh, Jake, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Thanks for having me. Yeah, good Thank to you. have you back, Jake. Let's first of all talk about, um, and this isn't case-specific, but about the Supreme Court schedule, especially for our listeners who are like, wait a minute, why are we talking about all these cases all of a sudden? 
<laughs> yeah, June is often a big month for Supreme Court yeah. decisions. It marks the last month of the court's term. So many of the big decisions that we expect every year fall uh, or come out in the June uh, in June. I see. So there's like an onslaught. So can we expect more cases to come down in the uh, intervening weeks, the two weeks or so left? Yeah, based on my last count, I think there's about 12 decisions that are going to come out in the next couple of weeks before the end of June. And um, we could see those intermittently um, over the next uh, couple of weeks, maybe uh, on Thursday of this week and perhaps into into next week. So uh, 12 more decisions to come. Interesting. Okay. All right. So let's first of all talk about um, the city of Philadelphia and Catholic social services. Um, lay out the case for us and then um, the surprising decision, by the, or at least surprising to me, the surprising decision by the court. Yeah, there the city of Philadelphia tried to force an uh, a, a adoption provider to uh, place children with um, same-sex couples, uh, even though it believed that children deserve uh, to be placed in homes with a loving mother and father. Um, And that was consistent with the adoption provider's uh, sincerely held religious belief. So the city tried to punish them, try to keep them from placing any children in loving families. But the U.S. Supreme Court said that, uh, that the city of Philadelphia could not target this religious adoption provider in that way. Um, so uh, they couldn't punish them from declining to um, place children outside of loving homes with a married mom and dad. I see. And so, Jake, this was unusual. Well, uh, it's unusual, I believe, you know, just by looking at the case and seeing the victory in some ways, right? But also that there was a unanimous decision in this case. Yeah. Well, I think that highlights that the free exercise violation here was pretty clear because the city of Philadelphia had basically broad discretion to allow any exceptions to its law. It said that it had to use that discretion to allow the religious-based adoption center there to um, basically operate consistently with their faith and place kids in homes with loving moms and dads. Hmm. Okay. So were you surprised at the 9-0 ruling? I was not surprised at that just okay. because of the uh, the way that the decision came out, um, mm-hmm. because the city had this broad discretion. Um, the Supreme Court for years has said that when uh, cities and governments have this kind of broad discretion, they can't use that discretion in a way that punishes religious people. And that's uh, the decision in Fulton uh, perfectly reflects that principle that's been long held for decades at the U.S. Supreme Court. So, Jake, I, I don't know the, the nuts and bolts of it. So uh, will the city of Philadelphia have to do a little wiggle? I mean, did they disenfranchise themselves from the Catholic Adoption Agency and bring somebody else in its stead? Do you know what, what the answer is? to that? I don't know precisely, but what's clear from the court's decision is that the city of Philadelphia cannot refuse the contract with this religious adoption agency because of its disagreement with their beliefs. Mm -hmm. They can't take adverse action against them because of that. I see. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about Obamacare. Um, Supermajority of 7-2 to uphold Obamacare. Um, Talk about the uh, argument. Talk about the decision. That's not a case that I'm terribly familiar with, but based on what I've read about the case, it's that the opinion turned strictly on standing and that the state could not bring a challenge to the case. So the court didn't even need to reach the merits of the challenge of Obamacare. Uh, The whole question turned on whether the state was the proper party to bring that lawsuit. I see. And so that was was that a surprise or was that expected that, you know, it would fall and continue to support Obamacare? Do you know? 
Well, I don't think it was a terrible surprise when you consider the procedural posture of the case. Um, When the court gets to some of these jurisdictional issues, which are kind of questions on whether a case can be brought in the court itself, um, you know, I think the case law allowed for that kind of decision without too much surprise. Okay. Um, so when we think about someone like uh, the newest justice, Amy Coney Barrett, and, you know, at her, um, at the hearings before she assumed her position on the court, before she was approved, and in all of the, you know, the media scrum that was around that, all of the, you know, naysayers were saying this is going to be the end of Roe versus Wade, and this is going to be the end of Obamacare. Um, this is another one of those instances where you can't predict how a justice is going to vote. Yeah, we certainly expect that each justice appointed to the Supreme Court will faithfully interpret the law as written. And um, oftentimes decisions come out in ways that many people would not expect. But when you get into the details, um, you know, we trust that the Supreme Court is going to make the right call. And um, yeah, nobody trusts. But here's the thing, Jake. Nobody trusts that when the uh, when the newest Supreme Court, you know, uh, justice exactly nomination proceedings are going on, right? <laughs> well, certainly these justices go through uh, an intense grilling, and it's a very harrowing process, and they get asked lots of questions, and especially you know from both sides of the political aisle. But when you get to the courtroom, you know what should guide the court's opinions are you know the words of the text that they're evaluating the law and the court's past precedents. Right, I love that. Okay, and and so let me just say again before we leave the subject. So we have you know Amy Coney Barrett who voted to uphold Obamacare, and we have you know Sonia Sotomayor who joined with all the eight other um, SCOTUS judges uh, in ruling that the city of Philadelphia discriminated against Catholic social services. Yeah, so sometimes the court decisions don't come out exactly as someone might expect as a casual onlooker. It usually goes a little bit deeper as to what the legal principles are involved in that kind of thing. Um, and so when you're talking about a jurisdictional opinion, so it's not surprised that Justice Barrett might come out the way she did in the most recent Obamacare case. Uh, same for Justice Sotomayor when we're applying a consistently held religious principle over the past you know, 30 or 40 years. Mm-hmm. Jake uh, Warner is with us. Jake Warner is the legal counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom. And we're talking about uh, the cases last week the Supreme Court ruled upon, some of those surprising rulings. So uh, you were with us uh, a few times back, yeah. a few weeks back. Yeah, you were with me. Which actually, John, you were on vacation. Oh, right. um, Jack, you were with me, and we talked to Jack Phillips about the latest in his case. Um, you want to give us a uh, – Sort of an update. Yeah. Sure. Well, since the last time that we chatted, um, the district court in Colorado released this decision, and it decided to punish Jack for declining to create a custom cake celebrating a gender transition. And you might remember this was the case where it was a a complete setup from the beginning. On the same day that the U.S. Supreme Court decided to hear Jack's first case, a local Denver attorney called Jack to request a custom pink and blue cake to celebrate a gender transition. But this attorney had been tracking Jack for years. Back in 2012, the attorney called Jack uh, or emailed Jack and, and called him a bigot and a hypocrite. And then after asking for this gender transition cake, a few months later, the same attorney called back and asked for a custom cake depicting Satan smoking marijuana. So based on what we're seeing, you know, this attorney has been tracking Jack for years and has been trying to harass Jack to get Jack to express messages that – uh, go against his deepest Christian beliefs. Okay. Well, that's—I mean—that has to be harassment. I mean, this is getting this is ridiculous. 
Yeah, it's, and I think that's the danger of what we've been seeing pop up around the country is that not only are we seeing government officials trying to force people like Jack to create expression that goes against their beliefs, we're seeing activists weaponizing the judicial system to punish people that they simply disagree with, to cancel them in effect. Right. So then Jack Phillips has to bend to the will of the court, and will he be compelled, Jack Phillips, to create this, uh, this gender cake? Well, the court order certainly tries to punish Jack for declining to create this cake, and it would have broad implications for what Jack could do moving forward without fear of government punishment. But at ADF here, we are going to appeal this decision uh, to the Colorado Court of Appeals, and we think that the and we hope that the court will recognize the important constitutional issues at play and reverse this uh, this dangerous ruling. Interesting. It's interesting. The culture revolves around a cake. Right. A piece of cake. But it's not even about the cake. No, of course and not. So, and so that's why I get so frustrated with this. And, you know, I, I just I, I lose my mind talking about this, Jake, because it just seems like we're so far beyond the pale of people who can just actually have a conversation one with another. And if you remember, Jake, when you and Jack were on the program, I don't know, was that three weeks ago or so? Um, I, I asked Jack in particular, I said, Jack, tell me about your actual one on one exchanges with people who are same-sex attracted or people who are transgendered or whatever it is. I don't want to hear about the politics. I want to hear about your one-on-one. And Jake, you remember what he said, right? He's like, I've got good relationships with people. You know, like this, everything we're hearing in the public sphere is not indicative of what's going on in Jack Phillips' personal life or business. That's exactly right. And and in that interview, Jack highlighted one example of a positive outcome, right? You you might remember that Jack uh, met a man who identifies as gay as a result of his first case. Um, the man heard Jack talking on the radio, ended up coming in to visit Jack at his shop, uh, recognized that Jack serves everyone. He just can express every message through his custom cakes. And now Jack has served him at the shop for uh, over 25 occasions. And this man actually came in and testified in favor of Jack at the trial this past March. Hmm. Okay, so then, Jake, what will happen? I mean, at some point, and you're in contact with Jack Phillips, is Jack Phillips just going to say, this isn't worth it anymore, I'm just going to fold up my tent and I'll no longer be in business? Well, the cost is too high for Jack to do that. Uh, This kind of ruling um, has severe implications for his business moving forward and his ability to create expression consistently with his core beliefs. So we're going to appeal this decision up to the Colorado Court of Appeals. And ultimately, what we hope is that the U.S. Supreme Court will weigh in on the free speech issues at play in cases like Jack's. Um, We have a case right at the Supreme Court now involving a Washington force named Baronel Stutzman. We're asking the court to to take on her case and and ultimately rule that government doesn't have the power to force these people to express messages that go against their core beliefs. Because without that kind of ruling, these people are going to be harassed and targeted just like we've been seeing over the past few years. Right. So this kind of activism – Jake, is this something new or has there been a pattern, you know, throughout the American legal system where you see an instance and someone has been, you know, sort of bullied by uh, individuals and the court, because of the legal precedent, has to stand up for what's right, you know, as far as the legal system? It, it seems as though it's two sides of the coin. It doesn't make sense. And, and I wonder if it, this is a precedent or this has happened in the past. Well, if you look back in our country's history, the Supreme Court has been very diligent in protecting minority viewpoints throughout history, whether it was um, more liberal viewpoints in the early 20th century or now uh, as as our society 
a trend more liberal. Now the pendulum is swifting, and the court is upholding more conservative viewpoints. And, and what it's saying is that the government doesn't have the power to force anyone to express a message that goes against their deepest beliefs, even if that uh, message fly, is supported by the majority of the people around them. I see. Well, Jake, we appreciate you being with us to give us the latest, um, to keep us abreast of the situation and be able to talk through some of the SCOTUS rulings. We appreciate that. Thanks for having me on the show. It was a real treat. Yeah, That's it's always a Jake pleasure. Warner, Legal Counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom. Hey, man, God bless Alliance Defending Freedom because you think about the legal bills and all that, that someone like Jack Phillips would incur. Right. Alliance Defending Freedom on the front lines and protecting you and I, our religious rights. I'm Pastor Tom Hall. Did you know that First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, is the oldest anything in Pittsburgh? Older than any newspaper, school, or business. Join us Sundays in person at 1045 a.m. Hear the timeless good news of Jesus Christ. We'll be social distancing and keeping everyone safe, so let us know you're coming at fpcp.org. It's no secret that the Western Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh real estate market have exploded, especially in the last couple of years. Uh, For so long, it was easy to buy a house in our town. Really straightforward experience, but not so much anymore. Housing prices have really gone through the roof, and it's a seller's market. So, if you're looking to buy, United Faith Mortgage is a great tool in your toolbox. Their direct lender advantage, really, it's everything. It gives you the necessary help and the best deal possible on a new mortgage. Plus, the family behind United Faith Mortgage, they're open about their faith, and it's evident in how they live and especially how they do business. Hundreds and hundreds of happy people living in their dream house because of the excellence of United Faith Mortgage. Look online, United Faith Mortgage. It's a good family doing the right thing. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Now is the time to get a new job. Express Employment Professionals never charges job seekers a fee and has more than 35,000 job openings with high demand in construction, driving, logistics, and administrative jobs. Find a location near you at ExpressPros.com or on the Express Jobs app. Well, by now, you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. It won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, MyPillow is offering the premium MyPillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98. They are regularly $69.98. It's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Or right now, MyPillow. Dot com. MyPillow.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com.
A severe thunderstorm watch is in effect through this evening. For tonight, cloudy skies with a shower, low 54. Tomorrow, a shower in spots early in the morning. Otherwise, clouds giving way to some sunshine. It will be much cooler than recent days, the high 66. Clear and cold tomorrow night, low 47. Mostly sunny skies Wednesday. It will be nice with a high of 72. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Well, the 2020 Olympic Games took another snag after a vaccinated member of Uganda's team tested positive for the coronavirus upon arrival in Japan on Saturday. It marked the first detection of the coronavirus among incoming athletes five weeks ahead of the competition at a time when cases are surging in Japan. Uganda's team had all been vaccinated, uh, and they all tested negative before the departure. So somewhere in flight... Uh, Japanese media reported, according to the Associated Press, that uh, this person came in and uh, tested positive. So Japan requires a two-week quarantine for international travelers, though it is waiving the rule for many Olympic athletes and supporters. So upon arrival Saturday night at Tokyo's international airport, tested positive. The entire team now is in that two-week quarantine. Okay, well, that's as it should be. That's kind of all. So it's going to get complicated. It's going to get complicated. So it's word today, the Japanese government, along with the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, has said that there will be uh, in-person fandom in the stands for the Olympics. So 50% capacity, 10,000 right. max. Right, which is good news. Now, the weird thing is everyone must be masked and you can't cheer. You Come not, on. No cheering. No loud noises. Get out of here. You can well, you're, they're going to be at the track and field stadium and nobody's going to be cheering. We're going to be watching swimming. We're going to be watching like. Right. You can clap. The men's relay and no one's going to be. You can clap. Maybe. I don't know. That's crazy. That's. All right. Here's another crazy thing. Laurel Hubbard, a male to female transgender weightlifter, is set to make history as the first openly transgender person to participate in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Hubbard, age 43, was selected to join New Zealand's weightlifting team at the Olympics in Tokyo this summer as the oldest weightlifter to be competing in the Games. Uh, Hubbard's, I'm reading here from the Daily Wire. Hubbard's selection comes after much dispute and criticism over allowing biologically male athletes to compete in women's sports. Hubbard transitioned in 2013 and so became eligible to compete in the Olympics in 2015 after the IOC changed its rules to allow for transgender people to compete against other athletes of the gender of which they identify. Right. Now, for for any woman who has uh, competed in a sport, and I am the least athletic person that you'll find, but I'm the mother of someone who is an NCAA athlete. The thought of someone who is a biological male coming and competing against a, a, a female athlete. I mean, you think that this... As a wo- weightlifter? You think this woman's going to have some kind of, you know, advantage? Of course she is. Sure. And the news, apparently, uh, on the Olympic team, New Zealand authorities have said to the other members of the team, don't speak about this. This Cause subject no, there's, cause, is cause off limits. If anybody speaks about it, they're just, it, it's a no-win. Well, because it's a no win. If anybody speaks about it, you recognize the lunacy of it. So all of a sudden, what you're being punished not to say the truth. Right. 
That's basically it. And so all the advances that women have made, you know, we just talked last week about Katie Ledecky um, being, uh, you know, winning her heat. No, she didn't win the heat. She actually won the whole race um, in the uh, qualifiers for the Olympics. The first time women have ever been able to swim the mile. Men have been competing in the mile and swimming since 1904. But this is the very first year that. So whatever advances women are have made are. In jeopardy at this point, if men are allowed, if biological males are allowed to compete. Look, we can talk about transgenderism all the time, and I'm happy to do that. I always say when we talk about this issue that I have transgenderism in my own family, so I have a lot of compassion um, about the difficulties and the vagaries of this issue. It's really, really complicated. But let me say, when it comes to athletics, I'm sorry, women women's records are in the pro, you know are in jeopardy of being completely transformed. Well, and not for the good. I believe, of course, this is fair. just the beginning. So you can only imagine what it will be like for forthcoming Olympics, right? The doors open now, and if you're a female athlete, especially on the most elite, highest levels, right. it's just, it's then not, that's right. going to be robbed from right. you. Truly, it is. All right, we'll take a quick break. Come back uh, when we do come back. Joshua, Doctor Joshua Swami Das is with us outside the garden after the fall. There is barbecue. That's next here on the ride home. WORD. And they lived happily ever after. Ever wonder if they did? (laughs) Well, marriage is not a fairy tale. It's a great adventure. That's why Family Life Today wants to give you their Love You Better plan. 30 days to love your spouse better. You'll also be entered to win a Family Life Love Like You Mean It marriage cruise with money to cover additional expenses. Enter today and every day. Go to wordfm.com slash love. If you owe back taxes, there's a lot you need to know, starting with rule number one. Don't mess with the IRS. They are cracking down this year by sending out heart-stopping letters, actively garnishing paychecks, levying bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. That's all true, but it's also true there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an important government program for tax debt assistance. It's one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered, so now's the time. You could qualify for tax relief that saves you thousands, even tens of thousands. Nobody knows this program like the award-winning experts at Optima Tax Relief. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and will fight to get you the best deal possible. Don't mess with the IRS. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. I'm Pastor Bill Brainsma of the Pittsburgh Protestant Reformed Church in Forest Hills. We are examining God's control over all the affairs of this world, especially in connection with the COVID pandemic that has laid low our country and world. Although unbelievers deny God's control over all things, we as believers take great comfort that the God whom we serve, the God who therefore loves us, is in control not only of our lives, but of all that takes place in this world. This is why Paul could ask in Romans 8.31, If God be for us, who can be against us? Nothing, Paul continues, will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is true because all things are controlled by the hand of God. Since we as God's people are held within His tender care, we have nothing to fear. For information on our church, look up prcpittsburgh.org or call 412-727-6811. 
preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things that concern the Lord Jesus Christ. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Well, yesterday, I believe, all across America, people bar- people barbecued. Did they not? Did you do it? I did not barbecue yesterday. I did. We did it at our house. That's wonderful. And you could uh, the whole neighborhood at one point smelled like, you know, sizzling meat on the grill. I love it. It really did. That's wonderful. Joshua oh, Swamidas so is with us. Uh, Joshua is a regular guest on our show. He is a scientist, a physician, associate professor of laboratory and genomic medicine at Washington University in St. Louis, where he uses artificial intelligence to explore science at the intersection of medicine, biology, and chemistry. His most recent book is called The Genealogical Adam and Eve, The Surprising Science of Universal Ancestry. Dr. Swamidas, welcome back. How are you today? That's great to be here. It's uh, it's fun to talk to you about barbecue and Father's Day, and what might that have to do with creation theology, right? Yes. I can't imagine, but I'll just throw that question right back at you. Um, so what does grilling meat have to do with Father's Day and the things we always talk to you about, including creation theology? Well, it turns out that you know some Christians really, one of the ideas that they really struggle with is the idea of animal death before the fall. Before the fall. The argument goes... Yeah, yeah okay. the, the idea is there is that a good God would not have made a world with animal death. Now, this is actually common among young, younger creationists, but it turns out to be a, kind of not how most church fathers saw the matter. And, and one, it's one of the weird quirks of the of the of the creation debate that younger creationists that think that God would not make a good earth with animal death will still have barbecue. They're not vegetarians. <laughs> And so why is that? That's kind of a funny thing, right? Because if you thought that animal death is wrong, how could you not be a vegetarian? Right. That's interesting. Okay. Now, I've never seen – I've never observed that in somebody. Um, I We've talked to a bunch of people here. I mean, I, I think probably, Josh, most people who think that they're young earth creationists have never really considered what the implications of that is or are. Um, yeah. You think that's true also? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, where does that theology come from? It actually doesn't arise like in historical Christianity going back. It actually is from Seventh-day Adventism, which is a particular denomination from just about 150 years ago. That um, That's actually where modern younger creationist views really do come from. And some of them actually are vegetarian. Actually, quite a few of them are vegetarian. So they really did have this view that animal death, kind of like even how some Hindus today really believe that animal, that believe that animal death is intrinsically wrong, so they're vegetarians then. Um, but, you know, the text of Scripture is interesting because it doesn't actually say that there was no animal death. It says that, um, that human death came to the world through Adam and Eve, but it doesn't really say anything about animals. And then um, it, it does say that God gave, like, fruits and vegetables to everyone to eat. And then later on, it says that then he changed and started to give people meat, which indicates that it wasn't really that eating meat was intrinsically wrong, just that for a time, that wasn't what he wanted people to eat. And then he changed and, and allowed them to because it wasn't about anything intrinsic, right? There was a change there. Okay, so that verse is in Genesis, obviously. Kath, um, yeah. do you have that transition? Yeah, so this is after the flood. 
Um, and mm-hmm. God is making his covenant with Noah. And um, he says this, um, the fear, this is uh, Genesis 9. The fear and dread of you will fall upon all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air, upon every creature that moves along the ground and upon all the fish of the sea. They are given into your hands. Everything that lives and moves will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. Mm-hmm. So so the uh, intimation of that is that prior to this, it, it was all, there. It was everybody was a vegetarian, right? Well, so it's talking about what God um, really approved of. The fact that God gave them fruits and vegetables, it also talks about a lot of sin. That doesn't mean they didn't eat things that weren't fruit and vegetables, right? Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you're looking at context, it's not actually about animal death, it's about dietary loss. And, you know, a key thing we see through Scripture is that there were special rules about being in a covenant with God. Um, you know, it's the same thing about being married, right? You know, when you get married to someone, there's special rules that come with that. There's certain things that you don't do anymore, and you do do, right? Sure. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, when, you know, in, like, the Abrahamic covenant, they had particular dietary laws, the kosher laws, right? And um, it's, it was part and parcel of being a sacred people that were called apart, that God had them live in a way that was different, not because bacon was intrinsically evil, <laughs> But just that uh, that there was some, that that was a testament communicating something about how they were set apart and different from others. They were supposed to they Not, were supposed to look different than the people around them. Yeah, and so the, I mean that's part of the message of that's being in scripture and how then God kind of bursts out from that. And remember in in, in uh, Acts where uh, Peter right before he goes to see Cornelius, right? They're struggling with this issue of how to make sense of Gentiles entering the Jewish because they thought you have to become a Jew maybe first before you follow Jesus, and they're struggling with this. And then uh, Paul, before he's going to take him to Cornelius, who's speaking in tongues with all these other people (laughs) that were following Jesus that are Gentiles, he shows like this sheet coming down from heaven with all these unclean animals that he's not supposed to eat, and God tells him, go ahead and eat it. (laughs) So, Joshua, isn't it interesting that, you know, even now, a lot hangs on this young earth, old earth perspective, isn't it? I mean, this conversation, I mean, I can imagine right now, this is inflaming a lot of people to hear this. Yeah, so what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. But I think we have to kind of think through and work out what is it that God really teaches us that we're following. And what is it that it's just more of our culture? And, you know, I was raised young earth creationist. And the reasons why I was asked it really seemed like Scripture seem to teach things that seem to be in direct conflict with evolution. And my book actually shows how a lot of stuff isn't actually in conflict. The only place where conflicts are remaining are things like this that aren't even really found in Scripture, things like a commitment to believing that there was no death before the fall. And, you know, it's, it's an interesting human idea. It's just not what Scripture teaches. And it's not even how, you know, I lived as a young Christian, so even though I thought that at times, I still eat meat and wasn't really worried about the ethics of it because, in fact, that, that, that was something that wasn't actually what Scripture taught, um, you know. So then you were raised as young earth creationist. No, wait, no, let's, let's just back up and say for people who are listening to the program who don't know what a young earth creationist means. There you go. Um, I think we should probably go back and define some terms. Josh, you want to talk about this is something that you used to be, so why don't you define it for us? Yeah, so like, like a lot of people, you know, I read or Scripture didn't really seem like God created everything. Um you know, the, the entire Earth, all the stars and everything, just like 6,000 years ago or so. 
and Adam and Eve, not with evolutionary processes, but just very recently. Now, I was acculturated to that, too, because it turns out you know, not all that stuff is said in Scripture. A lot of it was taught to me about what Scripture says, but it's not actually there in Scripture, right? That's what I believed. Obviously, then you'd reject evolution. You'd also reject any notion of an old earth. And um, when people would justify and explain why that's important, um, they would they would point to what Scripture said, um, except for it wasn't what Scripture said; it's what they told me the Scripture said about it. And they would also um, they would also point to theological things, like this idea that a good God wouldn't create a world that had death, the death of death of animals, which is an interesting idea. It's just that's not actually what we find out about in Scripture. Like one, of the, I think the core teachings of the Christian faith is that there's there are things in this world that are more valuable than avoiding death. <laughs> And, so, so back up, yeah, back up for a minute uh, for me, Josh, and explain. I don't really get the con- the connection between young Earth creationists looking at, you know, a six day literal creation and looking at the Earth only being, you know, six thousand years old, and what that has to do with animal death. Yeah, so what they'll say, I mean, this has been coming out actually in some of the responses to my book. In other contexts, they'll say is the reason why we need to affirm a young Earth. Because even if you reject evolution and believe the earth is old, then you're saying that there was death in creation. And if there was death in creation, and then you, you're, that's actually a direct attack on God's character, saying that he wasn't a good God because he made a world that's full of suffering and death. That's the idea. And so then, okay. um, so then that, that's the way how they're trying to create an argument against the idea of an old earth. I see. But the issue is that God can make temporary beings, and that's not necessarily wrong. And you know, you can have a full life as an animal and, and have a, a, an end to that life, and that's not necessarily evil. God didn't—I mean, that's not—a world with death in it isn't necessarily evil. And that's, that's like a fundamental thing. Once again, it's just the teaching of Scripture on that. And um, once we kind of work through what actually Scripture teaches versus what are more, um, you know, ideas that have come from elsewhere, it's a lot easier to kind of separate what's really important. And— Barbecue is an important part of this, right? <laughs> because, um, you know, I have a lot of family that's young earth creationists still. Um, I have a lot of friends that are young earth creationists. Um, none of them are uh, vegetarians for religious reasons. So there's something about how this is played out where they are okay with the idea of eating an animal because uh, they see some good in a steak. <laughs> that that is is worth it, right? <laughs> right. Okay, so then you invite family over right? Family that raised you as a young earth creationist. And you say, let's grill some burgers or some steaks. And everybody's fine with that. But I'm sure you've brought this up. This has to be a conversation, perhaps while you're eating your burger or steak. Well, you know, there's, I think there's a lot of diversity in young earth creationists. I think more and more, I think more kind of seeing that there's ways to look at scripture more closely and uh, move away from some of those rigid ideas. And so it'll be interesting to see how young earth creationism changes, because in the past, what they would point to is things like, well, Scripture says that Adam and Eve were created de novo from the dust and on the ground. That's clearly in conflict with evolution, so that's why I reject evolution. But that's actually not in conflict with evolution. Both things could be true at the same time. God could have created a population by common descent, and then also especially created Adam and Eve de novo out of dust, right? Yes. So then, if, so then... All those reasons that have been historically given for rejecting evolution are going away, and the only one that seems to be coming up um, that isn't taken away is this one about death before the fall. 
but then that raises these questions about, you know, if, if it's really intrinsically evil for animals to die, why, why aren't young earth creationists consistent on that? Yeah. Why, why do they right. meet? Well, I think it's a good point that each one of us should strive to be as consistent as possible in, um, well, obviously in all, all of our, in all things. But in, you know, in the, since we're talking about um, origins, I think that we should learn how to do that. We should learn to think through the issues in ways that are, I don't know, in ways that are, you know, robust and we can engage different arguments and at the same time are kind and understanding to people that come down <laughs> on different sides. And, you know, I also want to say um, that I, I hope people who are just joining the conversation, Josh, aren't thinking that this is some like wholesale like uh, license to go out and, you know, treat the animal kingdom in a horrible way. You know, that's not what you're saying. You're you're well, really yeah, making, you're really making more of a lo- logical argument here. Well, I would say death is different than suffering. You know, when you look at scriptures, we're not supposed to cause gratuitous suffering on animals either, right? The kosher laws for uh, killing animals really, uh, we can actually look at now and realize that they were really minimizing suffering to animals, right? right? So I think one of the issues that Christians need to also be concerned about from an ethical point of view is, you know, it's worth thinking through, you know, is society doing that now? Of Are we actually creating unnecessary suffering in animals that's different than death <laughs> yeah yeah that's a good point just today i was i was reading in the second chapter of habakkuk this this it says here uh, the cup from the lord's right hand is coming around you and disgrace will cover your glory the violence you have done to lebanon will overwhelm you and your destruction of animals will terrify you mm, that's interesting mm, i thought boy yeah. that's re- that's really interesting so that's the suffering part that you're talking about yeah, and it also says, like, all creation groans, waiting for the revealing of the Son of God. And, you know, one thing we can also see is that, you know, humans can do pretty crummy things to animals that do create a lot of unnecessary suffering. Right. But, you know, animals aren't quite like us. You know, <laughs> you know if, you go to a, if you go to, like, a farm where animals are treated well but eventually slaughtered, they're not sitting there in an existential crisis wondering if their life has meaning because they're eventually going to be slaughtered. Right. Animals don't have that type of mental capacity for, like— ongoing suffering about the future the mental suffering about the possibility of dying in the future that's just not what's happening with farm animals they can be very happy right um and that's also you know kind of how that's something that's actually very different about humans like if you farmed animals in that way and farmed humans in that way to eat them it would be suffering no matter how well you treated them right <laughs> yeah. because we would be caught up in the existential grip of like you know the fear of dying in the future or in in such horrible senses right yeah that's good well, well dr swami das you're always interesting you bring us a perspective that quite honestly I haven't considered so I, I do appreciate that thanks as always dr joshua swamidas he is the author of the genealogical adam and eve the surprising science of universal ancestry take a, a quick break come back uh, guinness book of world's records they've got a new record that involves a premature baby. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Well, by now, you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, my pillow is offering the premium my pillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen size premium my pillow for twenty nine ninety eight. They are regularly sixty nine ninety eight. It's a forty dollars savings. Kings are only five dollars more. 
All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800 800- 3910954 use promo code word or right now mypillow.com mypillow.com Everything that we do in the office is to provide a comforting feel to you and your family. Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. We do value the time that you spend at our office, and we understand that you don't have hours and hours because lives are crazy nowadays. But we want to really make sure that the time you're spending with us is efficient and effective and works for you as an individual. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement, offer valid through June 30th. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That is windowsruspittsburgh.com. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Well, there have been a lot of premature babies born over the years, but a baby that was born... You had one of them. I sure did. Two pounds, nine ounces. Augustine. And now he's doing great. Yes, he is. He's rebounded quite nicely from his early days. (laughs) Yes. Well, listen to this. A baby born weighing less than one pound has beaten the odds and celebrated his first birthday, becoming, according to the Guinness Book of World's Record, the most premature baby ever to survive. Now, I know, how can you quantify that? Because, you know, there's been a lot of premature babies. But at birth, this little baby was given a 0% chance of surviving. Uh, Richard Scott William Hutchison was born five months premature. Oh my goodness. He uh, was born at Children's Minnesota Hospital in Minneapolis and after his mother suffered medical complications that caused her to go into labor, they did a C-section and brought this baby in. He was born 131 days prior to the expected due date. When he came in, he weighed 11 ounces. Well, he's home and you see a picture of him, the before and after photo. I mean, when my baby was born, he was so small, he could almost fit in the palm of my hand, it felt like. I mean, he was, I get a photograph of him. The length of my hand is really about the length of my baby. 
And this baby was smaller by more than half. They do amazing things. So you wonder when a baby's born prematurely, if there will be or what kind of complications sure. that baby will face developmentally. Because it took our little boy a long time to catch up. This little baby faces some long odds, for, but the fact that the baby's here and thriving is good for the baby and the parent. Great news. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a news break. We'll be back after the 5 o'clock hour. Lots more coming up on the Monday edition of The Ride Home. Hey, Pittsburgh, help make your streets safer for everyone so the people driving cars, riding bikes, taking buses, and walking can get where they're going faster and easier. Champion safer and more connected streets at MoveForwardPGH.org. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Correspondent Charles Deladesma reports Iran's president-elect says he will not budge over missiles. Abraham Raisi says he's not willing to negotiate over Tehran's ballistic missile program, nor its support of regional militias. The U.S. now hoping to get Iran back into Tehran's 2015 nuclear deal with world powers had hoped to negotiate over this and other issues. Iran State TV says the country's sole nuclear power plant has undergone a temporary emergency shutdown. The plant's shutdown began on Saturday and would last for three to four days. Outages could result. This is the first time Iran has reported an emergency shutdown at the plant located in the southern port city of Busha. On Wall Street, the Dow is ahead 557 points. The Nasdaq up 108. This is SRN News. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods, then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-333. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm fresh catering from the Springhouse. Let's be boring and do a commercial about cash-out refinances. It's Ryan, and our mortgage team will often have a listener say, I think I understand what a cash-out refinance is, but can't that be bad for you sometimes? So let's hit on that. As with anything, it's certainly not the right move for everyone. If we don't have to, we don't want to add a bunch of years onto our loan or increase our monthly payment too much or pay more in the long run. But because home values have skyrocketed so far, up the last few years, while rates have come so far down, we've seen many scenarios where listeners today can pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in their home, while lowering the years on the overall loan, while lowering their monthly payment, and lowering how much they ultimately pay. The key is to just look at the whole picture and be honest with yourself about your situation. If you're looking for someone to show you your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. 
United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people. But it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. When it comes to your child's education, do you feel like you have a partner in your current school or is it more like you're on your own? As you look ahead to next year, now's a perfect time to consider a quality Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many of our area's finest Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees like Champion Christian School in Champion, PA. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. A severe thunderstorm watch is in effect through this evening. For tonight, cloudy skies with a shower, low 54. Tomorrow, a shower in spots early in the morning. Otherwise, clouds giving way to some sunshine. It will be much cooler than recent days, the high 66. Clear and cold tomorrow night, low 47. Mostly sunny skies Wednesday. It will be nice with a high of 72. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Clear and cold tomorrow night. I'll take it. What? I don't understand you. What? I mean, I'm not saying you need to, like, you know, rail against weather. <laughs> but why are you excited about these these crazy temper- well, temperature because, swings? Uh, we've got family uh, in the Midwest where they're experiencing, like, 105 degrees. I don't want that. No, of course not. I don't want that. Either. I'd much rather. And take... listen, it's extremely hot in my house. Yeah, it's extremely hot in my house. So I mean... wouldn't you rather take sixty-five as opposed to one hundred and five? Well, yeah, I guess I would. So but I would go. like it to. I, I would just think seventy-five or eighty for a while would be nice. It's fine. Let's just. Keep... I mean, you know, it's just bouncing around there. So... It's doing a lot of bouncing. It's a forty-degree shift yeah. in twenty-four hours, I like it. or in twelve hours. I mean, I was putting. I had uh, suntan lotion on yesterday, out in the backyard. Did you? Were you tanning for Father's Day? No, but I was sitting out there. I mean, literally, I did as little as possible yesterday. How was your Father's Day? Fabulous. Was it? Outstanding. My wife, she's a saint. I mean, she lifts me up. She, I mean, I had such a good day because of her. That's so great. Yeah, so we really basically hung out in the yard most of the day. And, of course, you know, sometimes this yard was little, you know, we go sit under the shade. But sometimes you want some sun. Mm -hmm. I was out in that sun. It's all hot and sweaty. Oh, my gosh. It was hot yesterday. Yeah. Put some suntan lotion on. I felt good about it. Great. Plus, I like, do you like the smell of suntan lotion? Uh, I actually don't. What? And I really hate the feel of it. I would use it. it as perfume. I... Seriously, if I could put that on, like, you know, as a cologne, I'm going to go out for a that's, night. That's low I'd rent. Put... No, it's not. Yeah, it is. I like that. Yeah, it, it is. It's not low rent. No, it is. It, what it is, it's the promise of goodness coming your way. When you put suntan lotion on, you go, it's sunny. And yeah. if it's sunny, more often than not, you're going to go hang out by the water. 
So, uh, I mean, so it's like a mental a win-win. process thing. Oh, what happened to it being like cologne? I think isn't that what you said? I would wear it as cologne. If, if I would, if they would like make copper tone men's cologne, I would happily. There wear were it. some positives about, about working at Zoom, like with his him and his house and me at my house. You know what I mean? There were some. I would wear it. Mm-hmm. Do you wear cologne? Uh, perfume. Perfume. Oh, uh-huh. that's right. Perfume. I do. <laughs> so, I don't know what the difference is. Is cologne just like if a man's wearing it? I don't know. Okay, guess what I started. This this is something you're going to make fun of me, and I don't care. Um, over COVID, I found this type of uh, perfume that's not tested on animals because I don't want. I mean, oh, I don't, it goes I don't, back to our last well, segment. Yeah, I don't need perfume enough. Wait, was it? What was it? Was it? What Habakkuk? Yeah. Yeah. Second chapter of Habakkuk. Read that. Okay. Yeah. I, exactly. Anyway, so I don't need perfume enough for it to be tested on animals. So I don't want any perfume. I don't want to wear any perfume or buy any perfume that's tested on animals. Poor little bunnies. Right. So anyway, so I find this perfume that is not tested on animals, mm-hmm. but guess what? It smells like garbage. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's unisex. So it's like for men and women. So like, oh, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, uh, so I get this like, sam- I get this like sampler pack. There's like, I don't know, 12 different fragrances. And then I, you, you like, so my husband and I are sniffing them. We're like. So it's a big Saturday Does it night. Smell like something you would wear. Or something I would wear. <laughs> it smells like my Aunt Louise, and I'm not going to wear that. <laughs> anyway, it was just kind of funny. It's Very like, good. Okay, so we did find one that we thought suited him, and one that suited. Oh, me. you did? Did you yeah. buy, both buy them? We didn't buy them because we're still using the sample. Oh. You know, but we'll get to the point where you know we will. Wait a second. You're just giving me a hard time because I'm saying cover tone smells like perfume, <laughs> no, and you're saying it's low rent, just, and then you're wearing the sample, and that's not low rent. I just I said. Mean, please. I just said get you're going to make horse. fun of me. I'm fine with it. Okay, horse. listen. Now, for those of us who've lived through COVID and have gained a few pounds through the process, you've not gained any. Uh, I I am four pounds up. Four pounds. I'm four pounds up. That's nothing. But here's the thing that I'm wondering about is that I also, you know, put in place a pretty rigorous uh, workout program. So I feel like I've gained some muscle. So I don't know how much. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. But so it's four. But it's four pounds. So I'd like to get back to where I was. But then I think maybe I'll never get back to where I was. Oh, God. It's four pounds. It's like 40 pounds. I know. But still. Anyway. But there's something about like reentering into society, getting back to work, going back to church, going back to whatever it is that you, you would like to be doing and feeling good about yourself. Right. And so the question is, what could you do? To maybe shed a few pounds, but more importantly, to feel better. I, I'm shocked that you brought that up because it just I have right now in my hand seven simple steps to feeling better well, and shedding pandemic it, pounds. It's like we talked about this at a pre-show meeting or something. What the heck is going on? Okay, here's here's the deal. All right, uh, seven simple steps. Okay, quickly. Here's what the first thing that the uh, the uh, author in the Wall Street Journal says, and I don't do this. Weigh yourself first thing every morning. Every morning you weigh yourself? Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I... Yeah, here's the thing, though. First I don't thing. know if I, I... I think I might be moving to the once a week. The once a week weigh-in. Because my, my weight goes up and down. Did you, of yeah, course it does. Basis. Right, yeah, yeah. And so then I... So I feel like I obsess a little too much about it when I do it every day. Here's my, here's my tech. I weigh myself when I feel good. <laughs> when I don't, I don't weigh myself. Because you don't want to know. No. Okay. If I'm feeling good about things, I'll weigh myself and go, oh. And then hopefully you're pleasantly surprised. I like your world outlook. Right? That's good. <laughs> okay. right. Weigh yourself every day. Okay. okay. Uh, create your own 30-day challenge. 
If you can mm. do something for 30 days, of course, right, the, the challenge becomes a habit. The habit becomes a life changer. Mm-hmm. So weight loss plans, they say this, that dictate what you can eat for weeks at a time have a significant drawback. Dude, I'm not going to do that. I'm never going to do that. I'm doing the point There's system. There's no way. Or I'm going to eat yeah. like some casserole from Weight Watchers. Yeah, I'm no, not doing I'm not doing that either. Forget it. But, you know, but it works, it works for some, for some pe- people. Whatever Put works that caveat for you. In there. We got to f- you have to figure out what works for you. But that I guarantee you, it's not work for me. Right, okay. All right. So uh, create your own thirty day challenge. Okay. You do what works for you. Okay. Don't. This is good. Don't snack if you aren't hungry. Yes. Isn't so. Makes isn't perfect that, sense. Isn't that a hard thing, especially over the COVID era? We ended up. We. I'm speaking like for all of humanity. Right. right? That's not a problem. I'm not at your house. I. I ended up eating at times because, because. But not because I was hungry. Well, I eat at nighttime. Oh, so do I. And then I eat like the asbestos in the attic. (laughs) I don't even care. I'm just going at it. I mean, if I need right. something. You set me down in front of a good TV show oh, or a movie, then. Give you know. it to me. Is there roof shingles available? We got some dip. I'm going for it. I don't even care. I've been good all day long. Yeah. And then like at 930, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh-huh. just like, you know, the dam breaks. Right. And for the... Okay, here, but here's, the, here's a little tip. Add spices to conquer cravings. Spices to what? Spices including cinnamon and peppermint may help diminish feelings of hunger. According, wait, I'm going to put peppermint on my chips? I don't <laughs> think so. You're going to ruin a perfectly good bag of chips. What Here's some I, cinnamon chips. What am I going to put cinnamon on? What? Am I, or am I supposed to like take a hit of it out of the no, spice no, bottle? Saying, I guess if you know you're snacking uh, by including cinnamon and peppermint on it, it helps to it probably would repel you. I don't know. I'm just reading the article from the Wall Street Journal. Okay. All right. Okay, okay. Give me another. Here, this is this. I think about you. This this you told me this years ago. It okay. makes perfect sense. Chew your calories. Don't drink them. Yes. That makes perfect sense. Instead of me having a Coke, that's what 240 calories or so, right? I'd much rather have something that I can. I'll have a bag of chips. Right. Or and here's the other thing. I always Jesus. I always say this to my husband. He mocks me, which is fine. Um, I eat a lot of salad in my life. Do you know why? Why? Because low calorie. I like to no, because I like to chew things. Well, that makes sense. I like to chew things. It's enjoyable to chew, and so it takes a long time to eat it, and so therefore I end up enjoying the experience more and feeling better about it than if I get like a frappuccino. I agree, or something. You know what I mean? And just drink it down. All right, seven simple steps. Uh, The last thing is quickly. what are they we should about? make our own seven simple steps. Breathe deeply to relieve stress. Simple Breathe, steps. That's the seventh step. Breathe that's deeply. That, breathe deeply. That's a dumb argument. Well, because they had to do seven. They couldn't do six. Whatever. Right? Breathe deeply. Okay. Breathe deeply. Well, that's not going to help you lose the pounds. I'm breathing. We're breaking. Coming back. Jerry Boyer's with us next. 101.5 WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. We are living in a generation in which literally the world is at our fingertips, the world is at our doorstep, and the fact is God loves the world and everyone in it. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Cram. PowerPoint, tonight at 9.30 on 101.5 WORD. Fellow Americans with an IRA or 401k, Biden has a history of backstabbing retirees. And now he's eyeing down your retirement account as part of his new tax plan to raise $3.3 trillion in added taxes. Don't get caught flat-footed. Learn how you can protect and secure your life savings with safe haven assets like physical gold and silver. Call 855 910 905 
1-800-247-0047 now and speak to a professional at Gold Co. Representatives are standing by to give every caller a free Precious Metals IRA guide with steps you can take to secure your financial future with Precious Metals. Call 855-910-9047 now. The pros at Gold Co. have helped thousands of satisfied Americans own gold and silver inside their portfolios, both tax and penalty-free. Pick up your phone now and dial 855-910-9047. Representatives are standing by to assist you. Call 855-910-9047. When was the last time you watched your home movies? Do you have a VCR anymore? What about a film projector? With technology constantly changing, most families don't have a way to enjoy their recorded memories. Trapped on VHS, camcorder tapes, film reels, and photos. That's why we created Legacy Box over a decade ago. Legacy Box is an affordable mailed-in kit to have your aging media digitized to DVD, thumb drive, or the cloud. Our trained technicians digitize everything by hand right here in the U.S. Imagine being able to easily relive weddings, graduations, baby's first steps, and more. Get started future-proofing your memories today so you can gather the whole family together and begin the trip down memory lane. Plus, for a limited time, we're offering 40% off. Visit LegacyBox.com LBOX to get an exclusive 40% off. Buy today to take advantage of this incredible offer and send in when you're ready. Go to LegacyBox.com LBOX to save 40% off. LegacyBox.com LBOX. Hi, this is Robert Jermolowski, owner of Doing It Right Roofing, Siding, Remodeling. Looking for a new roof or siding upgrade? Call us for a free estimate at 724-NEW-ROOF or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Jerry Boyer is with us. Jerry is the host of the new podcast, Meeting of Minds, author of his latest book, The Maker Versus the Takers, editor at Town Hall Finance, affluent investor, and a former columnist at Forbes.com. Hey, Jerry, good to see you. John, great to see you. Kathy, yeah. how you doing? Yeah, we're doing well, Jerry. Um, always happy to have you uh, on the program. Uh, so we're going to kind of jump around as far as topic today. Um, let's first of all, I guess, start with the world of economics. Talk about inflation. Uh, you're talking to people who aren't economists, and so you're going to have to do some translating for those of us who were, you know, heavy into the liberal arts only. Um, so talk about what we know about inflation and what's going on right now. I don't think you have to be an economist. In fact, I think it's a pretty big disadvantage. Oh, yeah? I think, yeah, um, I think that if you're a shopper, you probably understand inflation sure better do. than if you're an economist, right? Mm. And I, I've, I've often thought that maybe someone shouldn't be able to be on the board of the Federal Reserve Bank unless they do their own shopping mm. uh-huh. um, at least once a month to actually see it out there on the shelf. Um, so my wife and I shop together, you know, at Costco or Giant Eagle, and we see the prices going up. Wow. And inflation is you know, there's different definitions, but, you know, one good um, definition is the prices of the things we buy going up. Um, and I think it's important to, to point out that we're talking about, in general, the prices going up. So if the price in one particular thing goes up a lot, but the prices of other things go down, that's not inflation. Mm. If, if there's some craze or fad, everybody wants beanie babies and that goes up, well, that's not inflation. That's a craze or a fad. Or Let's say that everyone's staying home and they think, you know what, maybe I'll do some home repair. 
And um, so then the prices of home repair um, products go up, but other things don't. That's not inflation. That just reflects shifting supply and demand. Um, but if the price of things in general are, is going up, that's inflation. I see. Um, and there's different ways to measure it. Economists have different ways to measure it. I, I don't want to get too technical. The one that we most hear about is CPI, consumer price mm-hmm. inflation. Yeah. And this isn't that difficult. Just imagine like a kind of an imaginary box of the stuff we buy in general. Um, and it's not just food. It's not just stuff that would fit in a box. Even your house, your home prices are in that box and your medical is in that box. And of course, food and electricity, just, you know, kind of an imaginary basket of the things you buy. That's the consumer price index. So when that goes up, that's inflation. And when it goes down, that's deflation. And it almost never goes down. There's different ways. There's, there's ways they do it where it shifts the box around a little bit, depending on if people substitute for something cheaper. Like, let's say that the price of hamburger goes up and so a lot. And so people buy ground turkey instead. So the, the government has to figure out, well, what is that? Is that inflation or is that not inflation? Because they're buying ground turkey and that's cheaper. Now, see, I say that's inflation. If you can't afford the hamburger, you buy the turkey that we should still count the the price hike in hamburger just as much because, okay, now when the Fed is grading itself, the Fed is the central bank, they create our money. When they're grading themselves on how they're doing in terms of inflation, they they count the ground turkey substitute. So they say, well, it's really not that much inflation because the groceries you're buying haven't gone up that much. And it's like, yeah, but that's because we bought a lower quality. Sorry, ground turkey. I'm going to say you're lower quality, uh, a lower quality meat in order to replace the hamburger. So there's little cheats that the central bank can engage in to make it seem like it's doing better than it that's is. That's interesting. Okay. So, Jer, is it safe to say from an, uh, you know, just a, a non-economist perspective that we have fairly much been inflation free since the 60s or the 70s. And all of a sudden during the pandemic and coming out of it, you clearly see, I mean, we're paying a lot more for most things. Yeah. Yeah. Since the 70s, not since the 60s. We had a lot of inflation in the 70s. Right. Um, And then basically Paul Volcker became chairman of the Fed. Ronald Reagan became president. They used some effective tools to fight against inflation. And we've had low inflation since low inflation. They call it disinflation. It's not no inflation. Prices still go up. You know, prices are higher than they were, say, in 1985, but they haven't been galloping upwards. Uh, And so that gave people kind of the impression There was a little bit of inflation coming out of the Great Recession, but not for long. That kind of gave people the impression that inflation isn't really a problem anymore, which also meant that our leaders uh, who run our central bank and policy, they kind of got a little bit, you know, uh, sanguine about it. You know, they didn't. Well, inflation isn't a thing. We can kind of do whatever we want. So they've embarked on the kind of spending and borrowing and printing that in the past has created high levels of inflation. And we've got it. As of last month, we have 5% inflation year over year. The average is, you know, 3 to 3.5%. And the average for the past 15, 20 years is a lot lower than that. So it's coming back. And it's coming back because you can't violate the laws of reality um, with impunity. Um, And Mm -hmm. our leaders thought they could. 
Jerry Boyer is with us, host of the new podcast, Meeting of Minds. He's also author of a terrific book called The Maker Versus the Takers. Find us on Facebook, The Ride Home with Johnny Cathy, or 101.5 Word FM. You can watch the show. You can see Jerry's face right here. You can see all of us here as we have a conversation about economics, which always makes me feel a little nervous, Jerry, because it's not anything I ever studied. I appreciate your perspective, though, that the people who are going out and getting the stuff, like any consumer in America, can see what's going on. So let, let me give you a, a short scenario. So we're doing some renovations at our house. And um, this was supposed to be a project that started back in May, but the lumber prices were so high that we were kind of like, and there were, there were several other, other things that contributed to this, this decision, but we were like, okay, wait, wait, you know, hold on for a minute. So now we've got lumber prices that are going back. You know, I think they're 40, I think I saw in the Wall Street Journal on Friday that they're 47% lower than they were at the beginning of May. Um, so, you know, I was talking to the part of the team that's putting together this renovation for us, and I said, well, hey, at least things are looking good as far as lumber prices. And they said, yeah, but the problem is everything else. So we've got paint, we've got labor costs, we've got, you know, hardware, you know, all that sort of thing that is also going up. So I might not, you know, be seeing a whole lot of relief from the prices that we were talking about in May. What do you say about that? Yeah, that's right. So that's things going up in general. Lumber went up first. So here's the question. Is this a home renovation fad? Is everyone home and watching HGTV and it's like, I need to update? Um, Or is the general price inflation? And that's been the debate for the past year. I've been arguing that we actually have an inflation problem, not just a kind of a COVID distortion. And I think the fact that these other prices are rising, including labor prices, which is a very broad price, everything has labor in it, right? Nothing just falls from the sky, right? What well, rain does, but some there's still somebody working at the reservoir, you know, to turn that into, you know, usable water. So labor's in everything. So if labor prices in general are going up, that tells us that we have a general inflation problem. And and housing prices are going up. Right. right? We all I mean housing prices are up a lot. They're up like 21% in the past year. Probably the biggest increase on record. Now and part of the problem is and again, remember I had talk, talk, I talked about how the government can kind of like choose an easy grader you know when you're in college and you're choosing a hard course at least i'm going to take this professor right. because he grades easy so they choose metrics or measurements of inflation that grade them easy and one of them is that cpi doesn't count home prices cpi counts it they, they do a weird thing where they say imagine that you're renting your own house what would your rent be based on prevailing rents Well, if we have a situation where we make it impossible to kick people out of apartments, you know, a bunch of uh, municipalities say you can't kick someone out of the apartment for non-payment of rent because COVID rules, right? Then rents can't rise, rents fall. And so rents are cheap, but housing prices are sky high. So if you use rental equivalent of your house as the measure of your housing price, you're getting a distortion. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so our... if uh, starter houses have almost disappeared from the market, um, you it's it's we are we, the houses that cost three hundred thousand dollars or less are have gone from about a half of houses on the market a year ago to less than a quarter of houses now. Mm-hmm. So it's getting pretty well impossible to find a starter house in most places. Pittsburgh's a pretty good market. Um, so people can't really families are having trouble starting their lives. And that's because government has this insatiable desire to spend. And it won't tax us as much as it wants to spend. So it borrows the difference. Um, and through a complicated maneuver, it's the, the money that it borrows is newly created money by the central bank. So the central bank creates money and then lends it to the government. Now, there's a couple extra steps in there 
that I'm leaving out because it's complicated, but in the end, it's lending money to the government. So the government's desire to spend is enabled by the central bank creation of money. And in the end, it amounts to a violation of the biblical principle of just weights and measures. So then, Jerry, so I'm sorry. So then did, did all this preclude from the government spending all this money on the pandemic? You know, let's minimize pain. People are unemployed. We're going to give you more money when you're unemployment. We're going to dole out billions of dollars to corporations. Did all that now, is that the fulcrum that's created this inflation? I think that's an accelerant. Probably that wouldn't have done it on its own. Remember, we had a few stimulus bills before that, right? Right. Uh, Obama did stimulus bills, and the Fed enabled it. Uh, And then Trump did stimulus bills, and the Fed enabled it. And when the Fed pulled back a little bit, Republican President Trump basically said, you know, we need to lower interest rates. Uh, So, I mean, even the Republicans aren't showing monetary discipline. It's kind of a problem. And then we have Biden who comes in and takes it to a whole new level. So we don't we don't have a restraining force with either parties when it comes to spending and easy money. And I think that's what the market is seeing. I think the gold market is seeing it. I think, I think the cryptocurrency markets are seeing it. There's no, the brake pedal is someone came, went into the car and essentially pulled the brake pedal out. There is no brake pedal spending party in America that's functional right now. And that means we're going to keep spending. We're going to keep borrowing and we're going to keep printing and that's inflationary. And that would be a recipe for what? Is that an imminent disaster coming our way? Well, there's different things. It could be in a, it could be something like the 1970s. It could be something like the late 60s where you had elevated inflation and it was a problem but not like socially disruptive. In the 70s, you two are too young. I I'm, I'm, you know, I was in like junior high for a lot of that in high school for the end pretty high inflation levels for a pretty long period of time, and it really disrupted people's lives, gas prices, housing prices, et cetera. Or it could be worse. It could be something like a, a, a crisis, like there was a European debt crisis, um, you know, in 2010, 11, 12, 13, that really was socially disruptive. It could be something like that. It all depends on what government does. So we are flirting with a genuine crisis, I but I would say a Crisis is not my base case. I'm not saying batten down the hatches, the big one's coming. But I am saying expect elevated inflation. But, you know, oftentimes, you know, over the years, you'll read the paper, you know, international news. Well, Brazil has runaway inflation. I mean, inflation's up, uh, you know, a thousand percent and people are just, you know, spending $50 for a loaf of bread. I mean, is that a possibility? It's a possibility, but I don't think it's a plausibility. You know, Brazil, Argentina, Venezuela. Turkey is in the middle of one of them right now. Lebanon's currency is collapsing. America has enough stored up spiritual, social, cultural, and financial capital that that kind of utter destruction of a currency, like the sort of thing that happened in the 1920s with the Weimar Republic. You ever hear the stories of people take a wheelbarrow of money to the store to buy a loaf of bread? Yeah. And they go in and they come out and someone dumped the money and stole the wheelbarrow. Um, I mean- (laughs) You know, and you don't, without that, you don't get the rise of Hitler and Mussolini and all that. I don't see that for us. I think that, you know, we're, we're, we're in a better position than that. But, you know, the 70s were no cakewalk. Right. And, the, and, the, and if we get a worse scenario like the European debt crisis, that was extremely disruptive and very, very painful. Um, so, you know, we need to 
behave. We need to act with wisdom yeah. and restraint and follow some essential biblical principles about um, not borrowing unnecessarily and not spending unnecessarily and not debasing our currency. Okay, let's take a break and talk yeah. about those biblical principles because, Jerry, as you said, no one, you know, the brake's been ripped out of the car. So let's go uh, and look at the financial picture from a biblical perspective. Jerry Boyer's with us. We'll be back in a few minutes. Jerry's the host of the new podcast, Meeting of Minds. More about that later. I'm Pastor Bill Brainsma of the Pittsburgh Protestant Reformed Church in Forest Hills. Some of us, even as believers, can question whether God directs the events of our lives when we face hard times. Would a good God actually send something upon our world as horrible as the pandemic we have been facing? If so, would not that be cruel of God? When serving as missionary in Jamaica some years ago, my family and I, with the people of that country, were dealt a devastating blow through Hurricane Gilbert. Many lost their homes, some their lives. The question was asked then, too, did God send this hurricane? The next Sunday, I preached in a tattered church building on Psalm 46. Behold the works of the Lord, what desolations He has made in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. Yes, God is in control of these things, too. Check out our church at prcpittsburgh.org or call 412-727-6811. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things that concern the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, by now, you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, MyPillow is offering the premium MyPillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98. They are regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Or right now, MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. A lot of things feel out of control these days, so it's time you pick your battles. Skip playing referee in the morning. Skip laundry this week. Skip game limits today. Skip cooking tonight. New realities require new routines, and it's okay to skip some of the old ones. But don't skip your preteens' well visits and recommended and catch-up vaccinations. A public service announcement from Vaccinate Your Family in collaboration with Merck. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning, think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org. A severe thunderstorm watch is in effect through this evening. For tonight, cloudy skies with a shower, low 54. Tomorrow, a shower in spots early in the morning. Otherwise, clouds giving way to some sunshine. It will be much cooler than recent days, the high 66. Clear and cold tomorrow night, low 47. Mostly sunny skies Wednesday. It will be nice with a high of 72. 
With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. We always love having Jerry Boyer with us. He makes very complex things simple for us to understand. Relatively simple. He does. Jerry's the host of a Small brand new podcast called Meeting of Minds. His latest work, the book, is The Maker versus the Takers. Jerry's also editor at Town Hall Finance and at Affluent Investors. All right, Man, Jerry. I'm getting a lot of cross promotion here. I'm 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 loving this. What do making you think? work, Jerry. Should, yeah, really. You should, you should come on more often. We'll be your yeah, PR. Yeah, come friend. on every day with all that. <laughs> yeah. We're your hype man. <laughs> all right. Okay, Jerry. So we were talking about inflation before the break. Um, in yeah. other economic news, I saw this morning um, that the restaurant industry is absolutely suffering, uh, not because people don't want to come out to eat dinner, but people want to come out to eat dinner and they can't get their food in time. They can't get the food that they want, their favorite you know, dish that they missed all during COVID. They're so eager to come back and get. Now it costs twice as much. Um, things are topsy-turvy in that industry. How are we going to get back? Well, it would help if we didn't pay people to not work. Yeah. Um, I, I understand paying people who can't work. That seems compassionate, right? But paying people to not work sort of unconditionally uh, seems to me to be paternalistic and destructive. Um, and it doesn't really help those people. And it certainly doesn't help the rest of us. I mean, I think we should be all hands on deck. God made us to work. I understand that some people couldn't get jobs during COVID. A lot of things were shut down. I understand that some people have disabilities, but there are a whole lot of people who are just paid to not work. And I think we've had a cultural shift now where we don't, maybe we don't have quite the same work ethic that we used to, where we're not looking down necessarily on people who play video games instead of working. They're, you know, just game the system. That's fine. It's no problem. Um, So I think that's a cultural problem and a political problem. Um, And Washington should stop doing that. And I would note that states that have pulled back on kind of eternal unemployment benefits, like unemployment benefits forever Mm -hmm. um, or or unemployment benefits without conditions, actually are having better employment dynamics. People are getting back into the labor market. Unemployment is not it's not the same thing as you know, universal basic income, just pay people, just have a class of people who never work and never expect to work. That's, that's an awful dehumanizing thing to do to people. But yeah, I just read, I read in the paper today that there's some states are offering families $500, I believe a month, just as an incentive. I mean, just here's free money to do what you want to do. You're in good health. You're not disabled or whatnot. And you've got a job, but we're going to give you an additional $500. Have you seen that? Yeah, and it doesn't really do anything. The, the government takes $500 out of the economy and puts $500 back into the economy. I mean, it skims off the top. It doesn't stimulate anything. Uh, so it's an exercise in vote buying. But I think the, the more destructive thing is to pay people conditionally to not work. We have a program in, in this country um, where if somebody's working, we give them an earned employment tax credit. If somebody's working, they get their taxes back and the government will even if they're working poor and they have kids will even give them back more than their taxes. So on balance, they're getting a negative income tax, um, but they're working. See, so that's a kind of a social safety net that kind of makes logical sense to me. But to pay people not to work is to really undermine human dignity. Um, and there's a time when it was needed, but we have record job openings now. It is very hard for someone to argue they can't get a job, right. given the fact that we've got 9 million jobs sure. wanting. We've got 9 million job openings. Come, please take the job. And they can't fill it. 
Uh, we should not be having unlimited unemployment benefits in a situation like that. Yeah. Jerry, this is a personal note. Talk about things that you missed during COVID. Um, and are you getting back into doing those things again? Are you, you know, are you are you kind of one of those people that's ramping up slowly, kind of getting back out into things? Or you were like, I'm Full back. Um, <laughs> we're, we're very Hobbit-like. Yes. So Do you we have a were- round door? We've been thinking about that. I think it's that. a great idea. And this was pre-pandemic? But, but lumber prices. Yes, exactly. The round door is going to be very architecture. Pre-pandemic, we've always been homebodies. We've always, you know, really identified with the Hobbit. And yeah. our, our, our grandson now has become a little two-and-a-half-year-old going on three. He's become a Hobbit fanatic. Every time he Love comes it. to Mima's house, he wants to watch The Hobbit. So, you know, our lives didn't change that much. In some ways, it was a blessing because a lot, a lot of my job is people pay me to fly some, someplace and give a speech. And nobody – and I hate flying. Right. So it was like, oh, I guess no flying. All right. You know, uh, I'm not doing it. So now what's changed for me is I'm back on airplanes <laughs> giving uh. speeches again. So, look, I'm, I know that a lot of people suffered during COVID, and I'm glad that it's – getting in the rear view mirror, but we were very blessed in that. We've always worked from home, studied from home, always been a family business and it didn't change our lives that much. That's good. Okay. So Jerry, as people pay you to show up and give a speech, people must be interested then in what you have to say, especially with the the marriage of economics and a biblical perspective of, I mean, that's who you are. Yes. And I don't leave it out. You know, I don't leave it out even if the particular audience isn't Christian because Jesus is Lord of everything. God made the world. He's in the room. I see no reason to mm-hmm. pretend that he isn't. Um, I know we have we all have like a little policeman in our head that says, unless you're in the Christian subculture, don't mention God. Right. Well, I, I, you know, I think we should fire that policeman. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, my next speaking engagement is at Freedom Fest. It's a very libertarian group. A lot of atheists there. Um, well, that's fine, but they're going to get the same message. Um, because God is real, he's true, he's objectively there, and he should be he should be talked about openly in every aspect of life. Oh, yes, that is so true, Jerry. We love that about you. We appreciate that just yeah. as a friend, also as a broadcaster. Yeah, hey, talk about the podcast before you leave us. Meeting of Minds uh, with Jerry Boyer. It's um, The idea is to be able to do what it's really hard to do in broadcast, um, which you guys do, but I, I was not really successful in, which is to have smart conversations um, and, and not be ratings driven to talk to the smartest people I can find about the, uh, the topics that are of interest. And part of it is let the truth go wherever it goes. Don't bring a party line. Don't bring a never Trumper, always Trumper, Republican, Democrat, uh, evangelical, exvangelical, all this tribal stuff. Just leave that behind and let's reason together. That's what that podcast is about. Fabulous. And so far, it seems to be off to a good start, uh, mainly based on the hyping from you two. Oh, sure. <laughs> I think you're out there. People follow, people follow like us crazy. in droves, Jerry. That's the way we like it. That's that is Jerry Boyer. He's the author so of good. The Maker versus the Takers. Also, the new po- podcast is called Meeting of the Minds. Jerry, terrific to see you. Always a pleasure, Jerry. And for me as well. Hop it on. <laughs> Go for the door. Come on. You'll be glad. One.
101.5 WORD. Personality clashes, a child's terminal diagnosis, and a close call emotional affair led to a marriage falling apart at the seams. On the next Focus on the Family, recording artist Matt Hammett and his wife Sarah candidly share their marital struggles and how God's grace and forgiveness gave them hope to fight for their marriage. Next time on Focus on the Family. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Well, shockingly, and with great celebration and fanfare, another year in college has come to a close. Grove City College has weathered the storm. And unlike a lot of colleges, Grove City was committed to meeting and teaching in person. Now, of course, in this COVID era, nothing was perfect. And there were illnesses and incidences. And it was a bumpy ride. But the thousands and thousands of students at Grove City College, they made it through. So with some foresight and some wisdom, Grove City continues to meet in person. And Kath and I had students on campus at Grove City. We're proud to say our kids are Grovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, for any parent of any college student or high school student in particular, I mean, anybody, parent of any age child over the last year and a half, Boy, it has been a real challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I can speak as a parent, as John said, of, of a Grove City student. And I just think, you know, when, when things are as topsy-turvy as they have been, and there's so much uncertainty, it is really a comfort to see that there is an organization that is so well organized, so well run, and the decisions they're making, they're doing their best that they would be godly ones. And so as a parent, all I can say is, It's been a great ride in spite of COVID, and the semester is almost over. gcc.edu online. I'm Pastor Tom Hall. Did you know that First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, is the oldest anything in Pittsburgh? Older than any newspaper, school, or business. Join us Sundays in person at 1045 a.m. Hear the timeless good news of Jesus Christ. We'll be social distancing and keeping everyone safe, so let us know you're coming at fpcp.org. I find that patients just want to be heard. Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. That takes time to sit down and listen to what the patient has to say. Listen to their past experiences, because that's all important in how I then present treatment to them, formulate a treatment plan for them, and how we move forward with their treatment at our office. My mommy is a really good dentist, and she'll take good care of you. Harry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? Deodorant. One hundred percent. Uh huh. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I went to college downtown at Point Park. You, because the campus essentially is up and down, you get on the elevator, and people would you do, they're dancers, people from other culture. You go, that guy's not wearing. It stinks. Yeah. Why? You, you don't think it makes no, sense? No. Here's the thing, John. You want people to walk no, around no, no, on natural. Okay, so I'm I've been trying the natural deodorant. Oh, well, I haven't noticed. 
Okay, well, let me see. Well, that's because I would never wear it to work. You know why? Why? It doesn't work. <laughs> Wait, so you bought like what? What would you buy? I bought like some kind of natural Tom's frou-frou. It cost like Tom's. 14 I don't know. I don't know if it was 14 Tom's. bucks. It was like $14. What? It doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. Kind of stinky walking around. Yeah. Sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> Get your money back guarantee? I thought, no, there's no money back guarantee. It was me trying to be like, you know, oh, sensible and environmental and, you know, no breast cancer and like, I don't know. No aluminum in your body. Exactly. Okay. That's good. Okay. I'm glad to hear that because I thought about that. Yeah, maybe I should try that. You should. You just saved me 14 bucks. Yeah, okay. Appreciate it. All right. Does this make sense? The Sunday newspaper. Uh, Let me tell you something. I had a really good Father's Day yesterday. Yeah. My Sunday paper does not show up more often than not. And I'm like a dog with a bone. I want those guys to deliver that paper. Of course you do. It showed up yesterday about 2.30. It made my day. I laid out in the yard, and I had that paper, the paper that I perused. I looked at this kind of crazy thing. I looked at I looked at the magazine for hours, three and a half, maybe four hours. What? I I ate that paper. I took it apart. Does the Sunday paper make sense? Undoubtedly. A thousand percent. It's the decline of Western civilization when the Sunday newspaper goes away. That's all I say. I just want to support you in that. I want to tell you, though, I haven't read a Sunday newspaper in easily 20 years. Oh, my gosh. Easily. How do you spend your Sundays? Easily. I mean, well, you know, I... You're watching sports. Yeah. I watched the U.S. Open yesterday. Right. I'm, John Rahm, first I, Spanish winner. I sat out in the yard. Tell you. Time of my life. The Sunday paper makes sense. That fake deodorant, all natural stuff you're paying 14 bucks for? I don't think it makes sense, people. Doesn't Tell me where I'm going wrong, but I don't think it does. At all. Trying to be good and save the planet. Good luck with that. Well, by now, you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, MyPillow is offering the premium MyPillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98. They are regularly $69.98. It's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Or right now, MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. November 4th, Drusky Entertainment proudly presents Crowder Live in Concert. The Milk and Honey Tour, 8 p.m. November 4th at the Carnegie Music Hall in Oakland. Tickets on sale now at druskyentertainment.com. Crowder, live this November at the Carnegie Music Hall in Oakland. A Drusky Entertainment event. Now is the time to get a new job. Express Employment Professionals never charges job seekers a fee and has more than 35,000 job openings with high demand in construction, driving, logistics, and administrative jobs. Find a location near you at ExpressPros.com or on the Express Jobs app. 
Why doing it right, roofing, siding, and remodeling? As an Owens Corning Roofing Platinum Preferred Contractor, it's simple. It's in their name. They're doing it right, and it's what you'd expect as a homeowner and what they intend to deliver. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. Want it done right? Call doing it right. We're all thinking a lot about school these days. Like, will the kids ever go back? Or why can't they have enough work to last the whole day? Or if it's all online, what are the teachers really doing? Now's a perfect time to consider a Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com tuitions. You are not your diagnosis. And vision loss does not define you. Your drive defines you. And we are here to let those challenged with blinding retinal diseases know that we are driven too. To be a beacon of strength. A champion of courage. An advocate for hope. And we are stronger together. We fund. We fight. We win. We are the Foundation Fighting Blindness. Join the fight at fightingblindness.org. When you sit down, you think, I want to watch something. When you sit down, do you turn on live TV or do you turn on streaming? The only thing I watch on live TV is sports. Mm -hmm. So yesterday I watched the U.S. Open because I love the U.S. Open. I love all the uh, golf championships. And that is the only thing I will watch on network TV until the next sporting yeah, event, event I want to see. Watching a pirate game or the Pens That's or it. Steelers or whatever. That's okay. it. Well, this is weird. Okay. So even though the way that they capture information is splintered and deeply incomplete, for the first time ever, we are being told that streaming now exceeds broadcast TV viewing. How about that? Wow. Uh, Ten years ago, streaming was non-existent. Right? Yeah, no, right, right, of streaming. course. Right. Netflix and YouTube are the most popular streaming services. With streaming now exceeding broadcast TV for the first time, it, cable TV lagging way behind. About 26% of TV viewing at home is streamed just ahead of broadcast TV, but behind cable. By the end of the year, it's estimated that every t- that 33% of the people are viewing are going to be viewing streaming. Yeah. And then everything else is going to be splintered. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the deal. Uh, Netflix and YouTube, they account for 6% of streaming each. Okay. Netflix, 6%, YouTube. Okay. Followed by Hulu at 3%, Amazon Prime at 2%, Disney Plus at 1%, and then the whole mix of BET Plus, Peacock, Crackle, HBO Max, Apple TV, Paramount Plus, that's 8%. Okay. I mean... It's amazing to think that 10 years ago, there was no streaming. Do you remember your first streaming experience? Because Father's Day, probably Father's Day 10 years ago, my kids gave me a Roku box. Mm. And we've gone through, in those 10 years or more, several generations of the Roku box, which I love because everything's all in one place. I mean, Apple TV. I got Apple TV, Hulu. That was 10 years ago. Yep. Yeah, okay. The the. I don't remember where I – the first show I remember being absolutely committed to was Top Gear, which is, which, is a, which is a BBC product. That's the first thing I remember, like, absolutely being devoted to. Was that – were you catching that through Prime? No. Or, uh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, I still, I mean, I'm of the age where I pick up, you know, my, my remote for streaming. And in my mind's eye, I often think about this myself. I think, remember when someone said to you, this is what the future is going to look like. This is computers. This is television. But, well, I'm always astounded. I still can't get over it that it's here. Yeah. And it's working so Listen, beautifully. this is the... Uh, this is, in my opinion, the golden age of television. I agree. There is, there are so many too much beautiful, so much wonderful things to watch. It's an embarrassment of riches. To oh, me. it really. How about all creatures great and small? Oh, I loved it. How beautiful! Loved it. Can't wait for season that, two. I mean, every episode is beautiful to look at. Mm-hmm. Is absolutely sweet and thought provoking and makes you laugh and I cry. I mean, it's just so, so terrific. Um, a couple new things that just I saw over the weekend that are now streaming that I want to talk about. Um, one is a show called The Hour. Oh, I don't know. That. I am telling you, I this is not a show for kids, um, but The Hour is a BBC product. Um, it stars Ben Wishaw, who is so terrific in this but it's about the very first bbc news program that they ever started oh back i love in, it right back away. in the 60s so it's on bbc mm-hmm. uh streaming uh i'm not sure i was watching it on amazon but i have a couple channel subscriptions yeah. i'm not sure which one it was on okay, but you sure. have to look at the hour oh. that that is such an interesting period in time what's the era 30s 60s 60s wait 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 yeah, so this the is in the sixties. The, the very hour? first, the very first BBC news program on television. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, very first news program on television. So this is like the Suez Canal crisis, uh-huh. that era, right? And it's it's just them trying to figure out what it would look like to spend sixty minutes on the air talking about the news and have it be interesting, mm-hmm. have it be enter. Is it too much to say that it could be entertaining? Is that bad for it to be entertaining? Well, that's where we are now. Right, right. But this was the very, like, germination stage of it. The acting is so outstanding. I mean, Anna Chancellor's in it, another one of my favorite British actresses. Anyway, The Hour is back. It's really exciting. I'm going to check that Um, out. Also, Lupin is back. Oh, I like that show. Oh, it's a great show. So that's a French uh, TV program that stars Omar Sy, and it's about a guy who's just really good at stealing things. And he's a shapeshifter. Yeah. Which is super cool. He can change not not in not in the like the sci-fi way, but no. in the way of being able to change his appearance. And like and early on I was watching it, he he goes into prison as an inmate and he comes back out of prison and like it's so cool. It's, it's really the guy who stars well in it is really a unique individual. They found the perfect guy, they didn't sure they? Did, yeah. I mean, it's really, really he's good. He's likable, but he's very dangerous. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he has a backstory that makes him oh, sympathetic. appealing. Right, and sympathetic. Yeah. Right. Lupin. It's yeah, L-U-P-I-N. It's a... It is so good. Is it subtitled? I can't remember if it's subtitled or dubbed. Um, I don't know. Here's a, Okay, that's an interesting thing. Do you – I find myself more often than not turning on my closed captioning. Do oh, you? no. I mean, sometimes I do. I no, watch this, I do this one program called George Gently, and I can't. It, it's about what are they like, the, the northern part of Britain. Like the, I, I, I can't understand it. And I don't think it's an age thing. To me, there's just so much going on. Yeah. I want by, by putting the closed captioning up, it slows it down for me just a touch that I can catch everything. Because yeah. there's nothing worse than watching something and going, what'd he say? What'd he say? Wait, let's go back. Did I miss something? Is that a plot point? Or was that? 
I, I want to watch. I want to read all the writing. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and I bet in a in a show like Lupin, mm. I, I can't remember whether it's dubbed or subbed. I guess that's sure. a good thing that we just remember the story, right. and it just it doesn't really matter how it gets into your brain anyway. My, yeah, my kids would go. Is it? Oh, we have to read the subtitles. Oh, is it black and white? Oh, forget it. I'm not even going to watch it. That's lazy. I go, guys, don't be you so guys, lazy. Go, don't be lazy. You're missing out on a wonderful thing just because you don't want to oh, like exert another like read, micro effort. I want to read the subtitles. Get out of here. Oh, it's black and white. Um, Stranger Things. Uh, See, you lost me. Oh, I, you. Well, that was your fault yeah, because you it's did. so excellent. Stranger Things season four uh, debuts at the end of July. I'm okay. super excited about that. Also, last night I watched the first episode of Clarkson's Farm. Clarkson's if you watch Top Farm. Gear and appreciate Jeremy Clarkson, oh, I know I really? talk about a lot of British TV Is on the show. Fun? But yeah, it just started last night. It's his experience. He owns a thousand acre farm. What, 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 And what? he has decided he's going to farm it himself. Oh. See, that's a recipe for disaster. It is a recipe. And hilarity. Okay, those guys from Top Gear, Jeremy Clarkson. Hey, uh, we're done. That's it. Have yourself a great night. Uh, Try to stay uh, dry this evening and put the extra cover on the bed because it's going to get chilly. Feels good. Have a good night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.